Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the president of Dynamic Leader Inc. and the exponential success coach. Today is an exceptionally exciting day for me as my guest is uh, is not of the usual order, and yet he is kind of uh, an everyman with exceptional skills, exceptional knowledge, and an exceptional quest. I want to introduce you to somebody that I met uh, via a webinar, got to talking with, and just really ended up appreciating so much. The man is Philip Drake. Philip is joining us as someone who understands the Constitution. He understands the way the world works based on his work in contracting with the U.S. government. And he understands what our country needs. One Sharp Sword is about leadership. One Sharp Sword is about cutting through to what matters most. And with that, I want to welcome Philip Drake, who has uh, uh, a parenthesis behind his name. And I'm going to I'm going to uh, just sort of welcome you first, Philip, and then we can we can talk about what that parenthesis is. <laughs> Well, thank you, and and I appreciate you having me here. Um, I'm really excited to be here and speak with you. So, that's thanks awesome. Again for having me. So you might not guess from if you're watching this on video, you're seeing Philip sitting out in the woods. He's got a mic set up, and that's not just some CG background. He's really out in the woods. If you're listening oh, yeah. to this, I will tell you, Philip is actually sitting out in the woods. What I also want to say is that he's understated um, so that when he says, thanks for being here, you would never know the parentheses that I want to now reveal. Uh, Philip Drake is a presidential candidate and um, he stands for some amazing things. I don't typically delve into politics on this show and um, this isn't about politics. This is about leadership. And I wanted to ask, you know, how often do we get a chance to ask a presidential candidate about their story? And so I just wanted to ask a couple of things, you know, um, the same way that I do my shows. How, how did you get here? And, you know, where are you going from here? Where is here and where are you going from here? So, um, Philip, can you? Talk a little bit. You're a presidential candidate. You have been officially registered. You are officially recognized, and you are on the rise now as your name is getting better and better known. But you didn't wake up one day and go, you know what? <laughs> like, like a lot of little boys, you know, I want to be president someday. But you, I mean, you didn't really do that, did you? No, I didn't. That's for sure. Um, if you would have told me when I was younger that I would be where I'm at now, I would call you crazy. I'd say, no, nah, there's no way. Um, but, you know, we grow up. Uh, life led me to this 
to where I'm at now to make the decisions that I've, that I've chose to make. Um, I haven't always been a man of principle or morale. So I, I like to be honest, you know, I just want to say it like it is. Um, when I did contract work for the, for the federal government, I can sit here and I can tell your, your viewers that I did it for the right reasons initially, but I did it for the money. And the allure of the lifestyle, you know, um, and man, uh, let me just cut in for a second. Contract work is a euphemism for, spy. for being yeah, a spy. I was a, I was a government spy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's really important that, that we're able to say that, you know, it's like, yeah. And and for the safety of those that are out there, not every U.S. contractor is a spy. You just happen to be. I just so happen to be a spy. <laughs> yeah, it's called um, the the what it's called an independent contractor, which can mean many things. Um, I, I was just a spy, and, and I'll explain. Yeah. We'll go ahead and get this out of the way. So. <laughs> So I was handled by the OIG, the Office of Inspector General, but I was not an employee of the United States government because federal agents have to adhere to certain rules, you know, like the Constitution, um, or they're supposed to anyway. So they hire independent contractors to contract out to other agencies to spy on the American people because the CIA is not allowed to spy on the American people on American soil. So it's just a loophole. That's all it is. So the federal government found other ways to do it. I served under two presidents. Um, we did nothing without the presidents knowing or ordering it. So, yeah. yeah so it's, so it starts pretty high up and um, I mean, it's, it's been clear that that's been happening um, since the fifties, at least. And, yeah. um, and, you know, it's one of those, no one wants to believe it's happening. And yet, you know, here you are, you were paid to do it. Um, and that's where you're saying, I have principles. Um, when I did it, I did it for the money. And now, I'm back to the reason I stopped was because I have principles. Well, yes, yes. Um, it's it's very hard to explain because there's a lot of things that I can't tell you. So I'll just try to t explain it the best that I can. As I said before, originally I did it for the money and for the extravagant lifestyle because there was a lot that came to it that, um, a poor country boy like myself from backwoods, South Carolina would never got to experience. Never. I mean, you know, so that, that lured me in, but, but as I proceeded with the career, I, I noticed that I was not part of the, the solution. I was part of the problem. I was absolutely part of the problem. That, uh, so it started working on me, you know. I, I continued working, but it continued working on me. And then five years ago, my first child was born. 
And when I seen my son for the first time, it I was completely changed. And I knew that if I did not change directions and become a man of principle, a man of integrity, that I would I would only destroy the future of my my son and not secure the future of my to uh, you know secure the future of my son and for the the rest of the the up and coming generations so i i started um turning turning against my superiors so to speak <laughs> i quit following orders um I would refuse a lot of orders. And on January the 3rd, 2021, I that was it. With with okay. the orders and everything going on, that was it. I was done. No more. Okay. So I resigned. Um, that's good. I actually don't want to delve into that. Yeah, we're not very much. That's that's great. Can we back up a little bit? You know, um, you grew up in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, talk about your family a little bit. How'd you grow up? Well, I'm sitting on the family farm right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a hundred so, acres so, out there somewhere, right? You've yeah. got, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, my grandfather, he was a farmer. My grandfather was, it, it still is a huge influence on my, on my life. You know, he's in his nineties now, but he still farms part of this farm um, what he can. And we were just taught, you know, we were, I was taught at an early age that you work hard and you just do things right. Um, I I was also taught that the world was not a fair world. That from the day that you're born, no matter who you are, things are stacked against you. So I was taught that you're you have to fight for yourself because nobody's going to fight for you. Well, I agree I agree with that, but I think it's quite horrible that we elect officials who do not fight for us, they fight against us. Mm-hmm. And that so, has to stop, that has to change. So growing up that way, getting recruited into Spycraft, um, uh, and your morals bouncing back. Yeah, yeah. You you found a path. Let me ask you this: You are really well read. You you know you have the you have the charming uh, kind of southern thing going on, which is which. Which is you being you, which which it's kind of great, um, and and yet you, you know, we haven't gotten into it where you're going to talk about the Constitution, like you, you know things inside and out in a way, like you've you've got opinions on term limits, national defense, climate, and renewable energy. You've got ideas about education reform what to do with the um the the homeless how to handle prison reform i mean you've got things going on with the ideas around 
what to do with the border um, and even our infrastructure. And maybe the place to start in talking about all this is if you can dive in a little bit about um, one of the things you're doing to really help young women in America and maybe even around the world. Are you able to talk about that at all? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it. I'm talking about human trafficking and, uh, yeah. and Philip Drake is a hero for the work he's personally doing. So if you can, if you can talk about that a little bit, that's, that'd be great. Well, I'm not a hero. I'm just doing what has to be done. I mean, it's that simple. Um, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking and adult sex trafficking is a very huge industry here within the United States. It's very huge. Um, part of my previous career was supposed to be, supposed to be, to combat sex trafficking um, and corruption. Um, po politics tend to take serious issues like this and back them with conspiracies, which aren't true, to make the masses of the American people believe that it's not as big of an issue as it actually is. So I do want to say that. I, I do want to put that out there because that is an issue that we are getting from both sides. You know, um, I have a huge, huge problem with our leaders using this topic to benefit themselves one way or the other while children and young women are suffering. To me, those politicians are just as guilty as the people who are partaking in this industry. Good for you. And you'll never convince me any otherwise. Um, the federal government, the way it stands now, the way it stood our last president and the way it stood the president before him. They don't care. They'll talk about it whenever it fits their agenda and helps them get votes. But they do nothing. They will set money aside for programs and then use that money for other things. I've witnessed that over and over and over in my career. And I just want to comment gotta, on we've something. We've got to put a stop to it. We've got to put a stop to it. Yeah, and, I, and, I, I just want to comment on something. Here in the United States. Here's the thing is I... Uh, I've known you a very short time and yet I've known you long enough to know that when you get really quiet and yet really kind of almost holding your breath, it means something tremendous to you. It's, it's the thing yeah. that can't be said because you're still working on certain things behind the scenes. Yes. Um, but it is, you are passionate about that. And I just wanted to comment on it because it sort of sounds like you're like, 
<laughs> but it's like, yeah, I know, I, from, I, I know <laughs> from being with you that that uh, you know from from just kind of hanging with you uh, uh, here and there that you're you're passionate about this. You want you want to be able to talk about it, but you can't say everything that needs to be said. So in terms of child sex trafficking and and sex trafficking of women in general, um, it's a huge issue in the United States. It is a huge issue around the world. It's bigger in the United States than any of us as U.S. citizens would imagine or could imagine. And can you just give me the number that you gave me earlier today? Are you able to say that? No, I can't. I can't talk about what happened, what we talked about earlier, but I can tell people this. There is around six million women and children that are enslaved in the United States right now. As we speak. Six million is huge. It is huge, man. It is huge. And and, you know. With my previous career, I've got to talk to some pretty high-end officials about this topic. I don't want to say that the agents don't care, because what a lot of people don't understand is an agent is an employee, an agency is an entity. So entities, just like any corporation, it has no feelings, okay? An entity does what best financially what is best financially for that entity so our federal agents are entities just like our parties are actual corporation they are entities so if if it is best for the agencies to overlook something like this for financial gain the agencies will but that doesn't make the agents bad i would like to say that Now, I have dealt with a lot of corrupt agents because that was part of what I did, too, was anti-corruption. But for the most part, the agents are really good. They're just doing their job and they're they're quite pissed that their hands are tied. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of nonsense talked about the agents and the agents. Well, the agencies, but the agents. And listen, if we get an elected official that would just untie the agent's hands, this will not be a problem. They will take (laughs) care of it. That's all I got to say. They will take care of it. Awesome. And they will follow the letter of the law to actually do it. They will take care of it. They will eradicate it. So it goes right back to our elected officials. Our elected officials, we abolished slavery a long time ago, man. And yeah. it still exists in this Yeah, context. parentheses, did we? Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did we really? You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. 
It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Where did you learn about the Constitution? Because, I mean, you know more than most. (laughs) I mean, seriously, you know more than most. And um, I think if if most Americans were to take a citizenship test, uh, I believe most (laughs) most would fail because (laughs) of the knowledge that's required and the idea of, you know, who are we and what do we stand for? And, you know, the, the fights that exist where people are calling each other uh, sheep versus snowflakes. And it's like, well, take a look. And what do you, I mean, critical thinking, I'm a big fan of, and, and you may or may not know this, I've supported literacy programs. I've supported, uh, I've executive produced a, a film called The Truth About Reading. I believe that people have to learn to read in order to um, have critical thinking. And can you validate something I heard, by the way? I heard that we we base our prison capacity based on third grade statistics. Is that right? Do you know that? Is that, is that true? Yeah, I've heard something like that before. Uh, which is, which is oh, amazing and horrible, right? So we need to teach critical thinking and it goes back to how did you learn the constitution? And, and based on that, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> like, well, well, let me take let me let me take a step back in my life a little bit, and and it'll kind of explain it, and and it'll also be it'll go with what you're saying. So, I'm not a big fan of the educational system in the United States. It is a joke, an absolute joke. I, I spoke to a, a U.S. history professor the other day, phenomenal, by the way, that I believe would agree with me. <laughs> Whenever it comes to that, even if we are taught history, we're not necessarily taught the correct history. So we have to. And that goes the same way with the Constitution. Even though we're taught the Constitution, we're not taught it correctly. We're taught the Constitution based on whoever's teaching us their political agenda. Right. Which that should not that should not exist within the, the public school system. Um, but also within the public school system, as I said before, I, my grandfather was a huge, huge person in my life. And at a, at a young age, the first thing that he taught me was how to learn. So if you don't know how to learn, you cannot learn. That's critical thinking. Can you learn how to learn, right? Can you learn discernment? Can you learn, uh, to, to parse out information and know where to go for more information. Sure. And um, um, so once you learn how to learn, you, you, you become naturally curious about things. You want to learn more because it's easy to learn. And that's how I know a lot of things about a lot of things, man. I've just, 
through my entire life, I've been extremely curious about different things. And if it piques my interest, I do not stop till I know as much as there is to know or as much as I'm capable of knowing about it. So to get back to the Constitution, the Constitution was something that at one time I swore an oath to. And when I swore my oath to the Constitution, I really didn't know much about it. I was about like everybody else in South Carolina. We knew the First and Second Amendment, and that was about it. Anything past that, we knew if you didn't want to say something to the police, you plead the fifth. That was it. We didn't know what anything else meant because we wasn't really taught. So, um, you know, as I said before, after I had my children and things started changing, I knew that I had to step up and I had to make a difference. So I knew these were things that I had to learn. So I spent a lot of time. I decided to run for president and then I prepared to run for president, which means, well, I needed to know what my job was going to be. Mm. The first thing that I learned was the Constitution. That was the very first thing, because the Constitution is the law of the land. It is. Period. And any law that contradicts the Constitution is an unconstitutional law, which makes it null and void. And we have a ton of people in prison that were put in prison off of unconstitutional laws that I will pardon, by the way. Because it has to be done. The rights were violated. You know, so so that's it. And then then you when you when you also read the Constitution, you have to understand that it's not up for interpretation. (laughs) It means what it says. There is no spinning spinning it one way or the other. It means what it says, and that's it. Um, and that's I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit because that's what the Supreme Court is there to do. Supposed to be until it became a little more political. But the idea was laws can be, as time progresses, laws that were written in this case, a couple hundred years ago, you know, our our environment has changed. So is it, do the laws that were then, how can they be interpreted in today's environment? And that's what we need, that's what we need um, our court system for, right? The justice system. Well, yeah. Judicial. But we don't have that anymore. We have politicians. True. And that is because our court system, like we need, there is absolutely no reason for them to spend a life, to spend their entire life from the time. There's absolutely no reason for, I'm trying to be nice, man. I promised you I'd be nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This one, this one. It's a fine line. Okay, just to be fair to the to my listening audience, just to be fair, I asked Philip if he would talk about what he believes in without really doing a lot of campaigning, Um, and (laughs) and and part of, I mean, part of what got him to the point of of wanting to run for president is how much injustice he saw, and how much political. tilting of the universe there's been um right it's like wow um so we need term limits 
That's that's the that's the nicest way I can put it. We the, need term limits. We have to have term limits. The people who enter office should be there to serve the people and not make it their career job that they are that they're there to be <laughs> that their job becomes becoming reelected. If their job was not to be reelected, but actually to serve the people, then they might actually serve. And that's, I think, part of part of uh, what you've been saying. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I mean, this this is something that that has to be done. And, you know, we have to take big money out of politics. We have to understand that that um, these entities, these big corporations are not people. And our politicians were put in place, supposedly put in place by the people for the people, right? So they are to work for the people, not for large corporate interests, period. And and as long it, term limits is one of the many things that I can talk about, but but as long as we have these career politicians that are staying in office 40, 50 years, I mean. Look, they'll stay in office till they're so old that there is absolutely no way that they can represent someone my age, someone your age, or someone younger than us. They can't do it. They can't do it. And that's something. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> just, just curious. I'll be 40 in August. Wow. Good for you. Okay. We need, you know, it's it, that's the other side of it is like we've had so many politicians <laughs> that are almost aging out and we need somebody with kind of the the everyman perspective who's like, look, I've been there. I've talked to people. I've talked to the homeless. I've talked to the wealthy. I've talked to the farmers. I've talked to the industrials. I've talked to labor. I've talked to, you know, basically you've you've been out in the field just listening sure so that you know you know what people are actually feeling versus versus you know what the spin is that's on on mass media well i have to know because i can't represent the people unless i understand them and i know for sure that the places that i've been is not like it's not going to i can't represent the people off just the minimal knowledge that I have from the places that I've been. So I have to go everywhere. I have to, I have to speak to not only the rich, but the poor. And I'll be honest with you. I get along better with the poor. I can go out on the streets. Like, you know, we came to California. I, I can get, go out on the streets and just go sit with the homeless it doesn't matter to me. I don't take security or anything. I might now after saying that I probably should, but, um, but I just go out there and I just sit down and talk to the people. I don't care about the cameras. I don't care about any of that. I just sit down and I talk to them and you would be surprised at the people that are in the positions that they're in and they don't want to be there. And sometimes the only thing that a man or a woman needs is for somebody to say, look, I got your back and I actually mean it. I'm not a very emotional person, but I will tell a total stranger that I love them because I genuinely do. And, and 
we've got to have a leader that is going to have the people's back that doesn't care about money, that doesn't care about any of that stuff. And the the fact that we have not had that has created a society that is just self-destructive. You know, the second amendment was Go, go ahead. Second amendment's a hot topic. Go ahead. So the second amendment, the second amendment was written basically to protect the people from a tyrannical government, correct? Yes, it was. Well, guess what? They don't have to take our guns to destroy us. All they have to do is keep playing politics, keep dumbing down the education system, dumbing down society, and we will self-destruct ourselves. And that's what it looks like is happening to me, and it's been happening for a long time. 1913, whenever they started the uh, the the education system, whenever they really ramped it up, I mean, they, all they were doing was teaching people to be workers. Yeah, that's it. Nothing more. That's that's yes. Come in, sit, learn how to sit, learn how to stay at a station for a certain amount of time. Uh, do as you're told, learn a little bit. Yes. We created little workers and it's what we're seeing now post pandemic. You know, I talk about the pandemic gave us a blessing of we, most of us got back in touch with our values, what we really care about. And now we're seeing this upheaval in the corporate sector. You know, are we remote? Are we hybrid? Are we, uh, you know, are we ever going back to the office? And it's like, well, Let's talk about what the values are. I value um, creativity. I value acknowledgement. I value being able to do uh, what I want to do in a meaningful way. Are the leaders actually talking about that? So that's a side issue. Let me ask you a very personal question. Um, and, and you didn't know this was coming. Um, what makes you incorruptible, uncorruptible? Um, I'm going to give you a very, very honest answer. Nobody is. And that's why we need to elect officials that are not career politicians. I've been asked this before. Okay. And, and the way I was asked before was, why don't you start at a lower position and work your way up to the, to the highest position, which is president of the United States. And my answer was, I know, let's say I get two terms. I know I can go eight years without being corrupted. I know I can. But if I start on a lower level and I spend 40 years, I cannot guarantee you I will not be corrupted. That's interesting. Because of kind of the insidious nature of what seeps in and. I'm human. And lobbying and yes, good, good. So you're going to gather the people around you also that are going to keep you kind of grounded on the street. Yeah, I mean, look, 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 the American people have been lied to way too much. Why not just be honest about it, man? Just be honest, you know? I think this is a heck of a campaign kind of like <laughs> what a way to enter a campaign. American people have been lied to. I, 
can't we just be honest? Like it's all been a sham. Um, <laughs> that's, that's harsh. Um, and yet, and yet there's a reality to it. Yeah. There's a huge reality to it. And it's, and, and what's interesting is that it's not party based, right? That it's, this is, <laughs> it's like, the American people have been lied to. It's not, oh, the Democrats are doing this or the Republicans did that or, you know, there goes the crazy independence again or whatever. It's the, it's the, in order to get an agenda completed, the, the, the message had to get out there and it didn't yeah. matter which side was saying it, the message was going to get out there. And you're coming in and going, you know what? Let's just be honest. Messaging isn't always isn't always uh, forthright. So no, it, it's really not. I mean, if you want to, I know I'm not supposed to campaign, but here you go. <laughs> if you want a reality TV star, you know who to vote for. If you want an old man that doesn't know where he's at half the time and is a career politician, you know who to vote for. If you're ready for the bullshit to stop, here I am. That's awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a reasonable campaign. Uh, <laughs> what, you know, people would look at you and, and there you are, you're, you're in your, you know, you, you, you don't, the good news is you don't look like a politician. The bad news is how, how can people take you seriously? Um, and how, the question is, how can they take who they who the, the other choices they got seriously? I mean, come on, come on, really? <laughs> well said. <laughs> You're not the first person to ask that either. Just to let you know, it's. it's that's awesome. No, and and you know, I'm I'm poking on you because I know that you're gonna get this out there. Look, it's like look, I don't know what your financial situation is, and I really don't care. It's none of my business. I care less. But I can guarantee you that you have nothing in common with the two people who want to be your leader that says they are like you. One of them has a his biggest decisions. Do I go behind the gold door and piss in the silver toilet or do I go behind the silver door and piss in the gold toilet? The other one's biggest decision is, well, which bank account am I going to get money from today? Who am I going to talk to today? They both have to decide who they're going to manipulate to make more money. And yet the American people still fall. Both sides are guilty of this. Hell, I've been guilty of this, okay? They still fall for that is a man of the people. You and cannot be a man of the people if you are not one of the people. And this is this is this is your platform, which is you know, you are of the people and transparency is more than a word to you sure yeah what 
like, what would you say really qualifies you to take on the, well, there's two things to this question, the, the highest position in the land and, and the, the parentheses that's under that is most people assume the president has almost ultimate power when in reality, the presidential power <laughs> is actually limited. That's yeah. why we have, right. That's why we have Congress. That's why we have the house and the Senate. So, um, the, the, listen, the only way that the president is going to be powerful and be able to sway, um, <laughs> Congress is, um, it's going to be half. It's going to have to be somebody that the people legitimately stand behind, not one side or the other, the people. Because if you, I'm going to use me as an example. Please. I'm technically a nobody from nowhere, right? I have an incredible story. Only I can prove it because of what I did for a living, which throws up red flags. I get it. When I was younger, I had a spotty past, but everybody's entitled to be dumb once in their life. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being nice again about this. Okay. To get back to what other options do we have? We really don't have any other options. Okay. There's none. There's zero options. We have no options. Except for myself, you know, of course I feel like myself is. But I have worked at the inner workings of the government. I have took orders from the president. The president, as you said, does not have that many powers. But the powers that the president does have, if they are misused, they devastate the entire country. Okay, and they have been misused for a very, very long time. So if you if the people elect a presidential candidate, okay, that as I said before, was a nobody from nowhere that was one of them, that's gonna scare the hell out of Congress. And that is gonna force Congress to have to do their job. They're gonna have to. And I'm telling you guys, I got eight years in me before I'm corrupted. I'm just being straight up with you. I don't know how much longer I can hold on to after that. But luckily, I can only do two terms. So we should be good. Doesn't your knowledge of the inner working also put a target on your back? I don't care. I've, you, you already heard this story. I've, I've already been illegally arrested three times since I started this. We took care of that. That wasn't a problem. Hell, they didn't even fire, file the court paperwork and crap, right? I wasn't even arrested by a legitimate police officer. It was by a member of an association. Absolutely crazy. But since people only read headlines, some people believe it. <laughs> so anyway, so and then after that, when that didn't work, I was shot. I had some people come on my ranch. Not this one. I had a ranch somewhere else. I was shot. I made it through that. Then I was poisoned. <laughs> I made it through that. And here I am. I almost didn't make it through the poison, but but I'm still here. So you've also been stabbed. You, 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 
you forgot you forgot to mention the stabbing part. Well, that was something different. Like I, I leave some of it out. I have been stabbed a lot, actually, <laughs> at multiple times. But that mm-hmm. was more for my work versus being in politics. Um, yeah, I've been stabbed all over the abdomen, and the groin area, and in that ear. So, yeah, but okay. that's just part of it. So anyway, I don't care. Okay, like, if you want to put a target on my back, I know this is going to seem same egotistical, and I'm anything but egotistical. But if you want to come after me, bring it. Just bring it. Don't talk about it. Let's just get it over with. Let's just bring it. If you win, good for you. But the odds of you winning are slim tonight. And that's just the way it is. I, you can... Anytime that something is worth doing, you can never be afraid of the obstacles that will getting get in your path. Time out. Repeat that sentence because that is <laughs> that that piece. You know, we talk when I talk about who comes on to one sharp sword, right? Cutting through to what matters most. Yeah. There are leadership lessons along the way. And you know, you've got a really fascinating past. You've got an amazing future. And in there, it's if you're passionate about what you believe in, you can't let any obstacle get in the way. Is that is that close enough to, to the quote you said? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a leadership lesson. I mean, that is for for everybody. I've got I've got everybody from uh, from mechanics to and and uh, warehouse workers uh, up to bank presidents who are uh, listening to and have been a part of this podcast and now a presidential candidate. So, well, <laughs> listen, we need those mechanics and warehouse workers. Yeah, in Congress. It's true, huh? And I got a plan for that one too. But we're not talking politics. Well, we are, but you know, we're not. We talking are. Campaign. We are a little bit. My my point here <laughs> is that is that every single one of our audience members today can can recognize that if you're passionate about something, you will face obstacles. Sure. But you can't let those obstacles become the focus. The thing you're passionate about is the focus, and it's got to stay the focus because the obstacles will. There will be different obstacles based on your your skill set. Well, the, the biggest obstacle, no matter what it is that you're doing, is yourself. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to get through yourself. And right, and that's and that's my world, right? When I deal with mindset and mind state, is because and and I'm I'm sort of turning the word mindset on its side by saying mind state because I believe it's more fluid that a state of mind can shift in an instant. And you could be looking at a problem or you could look up, take a breath and now be looking at a solution. And right. And so it's like, well, we, all we see is obstacles. It's like, then look up, right. (laughs) Look look up and look around and look inside because um, obstacles may or may not be there, but your approach to them is what matters. And so you know the the whole thing about about passion um, for the outcome, right? Is it, 
it's what's going to get you through it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Awesome. Do, do you ever feel that, um, society has been intentionally structured to make people believe that they can never be the victim, um, never be the victor, always the victim? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to say yes. And it goes back to it goes back to what drives our mass media, what drives our social media, and even back to the ad council, which you will know about, um, right? Which is kind of it's the government sanctioned um uh version of what advertisements get put out there. It's it's American propaganda for Americans. Yeah. What are we supposed to believe in? Right. Brought to you by the Ad Council. What are we supposed to believe in? Well, also, I mean, if you look at what what sells on television, fear sells. Well, watch out. You know, um, we don't talk about necessarily. I see I get stuff in my in my news feed on purpose that is uh, from outside of this country. And I get stuff called nice news which is like, I want to read the good stuff that's happening because if it seems inflammatory, I'm uns- I'm unsubscribing because you're trying to push a button and there's another side to the story. And so I think for most people, for most people, yeah, it's like, oh no, you know, and there's this reactive side. We have in, in our limbic system, in our brain, we have the re- reticular activating system. We are on alert for things that could be uh, dangerous to us. And so we listen for those. We look out for those. And when the media brings us information that it's like, well, you know, this is terrible. They don't just say, hey, watch out. There was this recall for stuff. It looks like it 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 was bad, but it looks like the company that that had it out there they're recalling it. It looks like it might be okay. They're like, whoa, you know, the world's imploding because there's this horrible thing out there. So to answer your question succinctly, um, and it was a slanted biased question. Do you believe that uh, we were designed to be victims? It's like, well, I think that our mass media is teaching victimhood versus, versus uh, teaching people how to thrive. Right. Survival is a dis-ease. If you're just at survival, you're in dis-ease. And so my work is to teach people how to get out of, well, I made it through that one or we made it through another week. My work is to teach people how to get out of survival and into, into a place of thrive. Excellence. It's a level up. Exponential excellence. Um, so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm going to turn it back to you. I got on my soapbox. Uh, like- and and just to let you know, I apologize. I'm known for answer asking questions. I already know the answer to. Of course you do. That's I mean that's, <laughs> you 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 uh, you do it like a lawyer, and and it's okay because I knew uh, you were sort of setting it up to do that. I just I just went on about it. So go ahead, talk about you know. Um, 
talk about victim mentality. Okay. <laughs> so no matter what the situation is, as an independent contractor for the federal government, we would target that victim mentality. And by targeting that victim mentality, we were we were able to manipulate not only the thought process, but the behaviors of the targets, right? And I can guarantee you it was never for their own benefit. So the reason why I asked you that question is for your viewers, I want them to really think about this. I mean, I don't know if you have comments on your videos or not, but I'm really excited to hear what their what their comments would be to this. Um, so if we live in a society that has created victims, not victors, right? And it has been manipulated. If we get the right people in place and the right leadership positions, who's to say that we can't positively manipulate society into only being victors? I think we can do it. I think we can too. Now, in the 1950s, we had the Ad Council that was out there, the 1940s, actually, all of the propaganda that was aimed at the American people was very American-centric, right? We are the champion. We are the superior people. We're in America. Um, and, and that was the message. Um, there's got to be some balance. Yeah, there has to be some balance. I'm not going to say that we're superior to everyone because we're not. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, going back to our school system, it's like we're we're dreadful compared to what else? Even some third world countries that are that have better educational systems than we do. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of work to do, and. Can we think like victors? Absolutely, yes. Can we be trained to think like victors? Absolutely, yes. Can we be trained to look at obstacles? You you talked about this. Your passion for the outcome will help you overcome the obstacles. Um, we said it a couple of different ways. That was the sentence I ended up writing down. Yeah. Um, and And that's one way of thinking about being victorious. I think one of the things, you know, you... Your um, your your platform is one called Uniting America, and I think that when we talk about Uniting America, it's about creating a vision that all, and if not all, at least most people can actually believe in. Sure, and and, and that is where we get a victory. Right. Well, when you have a unified vision of well, what you know, can be. If you if you really look at the statistics and you really really research, look at moderates, conservatives, and the majority of independents. Now, the moderates and conservatives tend not to communicate with one another because we have the extreme far right and the extreme far left which are the minorities, even if you combine them together, they are still the minorities of this country, but they dictate 
everything we hear because they are the sheep, snowflakes, whatever you want to call it. It's exactly the same thing. They have the exact same mindset. They're the victims. Okay. And they spew both parties' rhetoric. And it's just quite, it's nonsense. But the overwhelming majority of us that are true moderates, true independents, and true conservatives, man, we think alike. We think alike. I, whenever you sit down and you start talking about issues, a lot of the solutions that they come up with are very close to the same. I, one thing, this is kind of a bad way to, to explain it, but if I give a moderate a gallon of water, right? And I say, look, this is all the water you're going to get for a week. It's not too hot. You can survive off of it. Okay. I come back a week later and I say, well, you're alive. How did you do it? I said, well, moderately. I said, okay. I was moderate with my intake of water. I said, okay. And then I get a conservative. I give them a gallon of water and I send them out for a week. A week later, I come back. I said, well, you're still alive. That's good. How did you stay alive? Well, I was conservative with the intake of my water. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Now, think about politics. We are not much different if we will just communicate. That's it. Just communicate. I love Don't that. Don't go up to somebody and say, well, we're going to talk politics. Are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Don't do that. Say, we're going to talk politics. Are you an American? That's all that should matter. <laughs> this is so great. We're coming close to the end of our time together. I want to I want to punch a couple of things that, that you said along the way that are that are dear to me. One is you talked about curiosity kind of getting you through. Personally, I'm a huge fan of of curiosity. I am such a fan that I go very playful with it. And I, I keep things like a curious George <laughs> on my desk because curious George reminds me to stay curious in a playful yeah. way. And one of the things I teach, uh, you know, in the boardroom and, and to whoever will let me teach them is this, that if you stay in curiosity, you stay out of judgment. If you're in a place of, I wonder, you can never be in a place of that guy is such a this or that, right? That you're making a judgment. I wonder what's going on with this person. I wonder what about this situation. I wonder more about that. So staying curious, like I just, I'm, I'm touching on some points that you, that you made that are just dear to me. So staying curious is so important. And, um, you know, it's, that's for every leader. And then the last thing you said, and you said it with with passion, um, just communicate, right? It's like just, just communicate. Um, and and I will tell you that when I've uh, done corporate consulting, the times that things have broken down within and across divisions is because there's been a lack or a breakdown of communication. Right. I thought you meant this or I didn't think you were serious or, yeah, I heard you, but I was waiting for you to do it my way. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's 
just communicate. And communication really is about, uh, it's about both uh, output as well as input. Are we listening? Are we really, really listening? And I think that that comes back to one of your key skills is going out in the world, out across America, and really listening to what's going on. And you've seen more crap than anybody else that I know. Like, I actually, one of my friends is a Green Beret, and he he's probably seen more crap, you know, than or as much as you have. Um, but he's probably he's probably seen more and a different type of crap. Yeah, he's he's uh, gone into some villages unarmed in order to make negotiations happen, and yeah. that was a big deal. He he teaches a thing. Lieutenant Scott Mann, he's out there, uh, uh, just a beautiful human, and he taught teaches rooftop leadership. For you, uh, which means that he taught people how to go to the rooftops to defend their own village. You've seen some stuff and have had to do some things kind of in the underbelly of, of the way our society works. And because of that, you know more than most people. You've also stayed curious. You've made some decisions and because of the decisions you've made, you decided to stay curious and learn about what it would take to move forward in those decisions. Um, that is a step beyond what most people would do. You know, I think I want to be an astronaut. Really? What do you know about uh, astrophysics? Uh, I just want to be an astronaut. Um, it's like, I want to be the president of the United States. What does it take to be that? Oh, it takes this and this and this and this. I've got it, and I'm not yet forty. That's awesome. Can can I can I say something I don't think I've ever said before publicly? I would love that on my show. Say something you've never said publicly. Yes. I don't want to be president. I have to be president. I, I, it's not something that I. It's it's not something that I, that I set out and I wanted, but it has to be done. Um, and I don't see anybody that that I would trust to take my place. So it's going to be me. And when I set my mind to something, I always do it. So I will be president of the United States. If not this election, the next. If not that election, the next. I'll guarantee it. And we, the people, will kick ass. So. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the best place for people to find you would be P. Drake. Philip Drake is our guest today. P Drake, the number four us.com. Is that the best place for people to find you? That's the best place to find me. Yeah. P Drake for us or for the United States, right? So P Drake, the number four us that'll be in the show notes. Um, I'd love for the listening and viewing audience. I'd love for you all to look him up. Right. See what you can find about him and um, 
you know, see what kind of, can you find fault with anything he's saying? And if so, is it about what he's saying or is it about the way he's saying it? Or is it that you've always believed a certain way and you don't like the way he's challenging that belief? So I'd invite you to stay curious. I don't, um, right. That's, that's. Yeah. I just wanted to say one thing, if you don't mind, please. So whenever you do look me up, remember you heard it from me first. Yes. I have been arrested <laughs> three times. Okay. <laughs> Read past the headlines, please. And then, and then do your research and you'll find out it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. You got to front porch your stuff, man. Just put it out there. That's right. Put it out there because I mean, there's everybody has a has a past. You know what's funny is right. There's well, another. I actually did not do that. I'm one of the few, few people that can say I didn't do it. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's great. Everybody has a past, and and sometimes somebody else's past overlaps on yours, um, sure. and or sometimes there's there's stuff that happens that creates kind of a smokescreen for who you really are. Right. So that's I mean, that's all of it. Um, there's a well, people need to understand, too. And I'm not talking about necessarily for myself, just in general, whenever you're whenever because I'm a huge uh, social justice justice advocate. That's one of the things that we combat as well. Um, anyway, we don't have to talk about that right now. But just because someone has had a past does not mean that they are a bad person. And chances are, if they have had a past and they have moved themselves up in society, they have worked 10 times harder than what you've had to. And you should respect them for overcoming some of the most horrible obstacles that you couldn't even imagine to get to that point. Never talk down to them, never condemn them. That's great. Thank you. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, the idea. Is it the behavior or is it the person? And can we help the person so that they have different behavior? And um, that goes for everybody from your two-year-old all the way up to somebody who's uh, had a, a criminal conviction and has moved on from that. So they're they're not the behavior. And um, you know, forgiveness is a big is a big part of growth <laughs> on both sides like can they forgive their past can you forgive them for who they were and recognize them for who they are yeah um uh, I, you and i could go on and on and on and at some <laughs> point at some point we will for now i'm going to bring our uh this podcast to a close uh presidential candidate philip drake um good human philip drake i am so glad you joined us today thank you so much Appreciate hey brother, thank you. And for you, for the listeners, I know you don't know me, but I love you. That's awesome. And uh whether you whether you support me or not, it still doesn't matter. I'm going to be there for you. That's awesome. Very good. All right. With that, this is One Sharp Sword cutting through to what matters most. My guest today, Philip Drake, presidential candidate and um, just an interesting guy, just like somebody with so much going on. So I hope you got something out of this. I know uh, I did. Every time I talk to Philip, I get something new. 
this is One Sharp Sword. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. We will see you here next time. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your powerful presence mentor.